Welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner. I'm a certified life and success coach, wellness junkie, career writer, keynote speaker, mentor, serial entrepreneur, and big time dreamer. My podcast is for the self-love junkie, the creative hustler type with the big heart, spiritually curious dreamers and believers out there who want to tap into their own magic. This podcast is for you if you want to tune out the noise and tune into your heart. Time to say no to what's not aligned and say yes to what your soul craves. Grab the microphone, Rockstar, because when you are your own muse, you are unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm your host, Katie Skinner, and I'm here with a super special rock star guest, Jackie Belknap, who is an entrepreneur extraordinaire from Boston, does all the things, started her own blog, various high side hustles, but I don't think, if I do say so myself, that her energy seems to be very spread out. Like, she's a very cohesive influencer, like, boss babe vibe while still in her nine to five. So all the energy all over the place, but very, very gets things done. Just super inspiring. So hello, Jackie. How are you? Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> Thank um, you so much for having me on your podcast. This is such an honor. I feel like to be asked to be on somebody's podcast is like, okay, I've made it. I finally made it. My heart <laughs> paid off. <laughs> well, I mean, I just honestly feel like you have such a story to tell. Like, I mean, I already know that already about you. Um, I honestly feel like you have, like, there, there's just some medicine here. Um, yeah. And there's a piece of the puzzle of the, like, whole be your own muse puzzle that you can, you are contributing to. So, like, why not? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Thank well, you. Well, so, okay. So, tell us a little bit about you. Like, tell us a little bit about kind of lay, lay the land of, you're the hero of our story right now. So kind of lay the land of like where you started, who you are, what you do. Perfect. So my name's Jackie Belknap, also known as Jackie Bell. A lot of people just call me that because that's my Instagram name. Um, I grew up in Rhode Island and I ended up moving to Boston about seven years ago. So I've started um, working immediately after college here, right downtown, and I've absolutely fallen in love with this city here. Um, I have quite an interesting background in the sense that I actually majored in accounting when I went to college. I got a full academic scholarship to go to Bryant University in Rhode Island. Um, and I really wanted to pursue this like business degree, also majoring in accounting. Um, I really went like balls to the wall with that career. I ended up getting my master's degree in accounting. Um, and then I took it one step further and obtained my CPA license actually. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So I think like a lot of people, if they see me on Instagram or on my social media, they would kind of have no idea of this background because I think a lot of people kind of stereotype accountants or, you know, girls that are fashionable. They're usually not one in the same. And I feel like I found a way to like marry the two. Um, and so I did end up working in accounting for a few years right after that, right after I got um, my master's degree, I worked there and then I obtained my license at the same time. Um, ultimately though, I felt like it wasn't really fulfilling. It was very, yeah, very mundane work. I was actually a financial auditor. So I was auditing all of the banks up here in New England, which is just so 
regulated and it's like the hardest work I've ever done only in the sense that it was, you know, you have to be at a client at 8 a.m. in the morning. You work straight through until 11 o'clock at night. And all the while you're wearing a full suit and you're like down in the basement somewhere. So it was just not, it was not for me. If anybody knew me growing up, I was always very bubbly. I was cheerleading captain. My family owned a restaurant in our town that I would always work at, host functions at, just, you know, talking to the general public nonstop there. Um, and then to be kind of put into that career that I had chosen for myself was just not a good mix with me. I felt like I was, you know, really upset at the end of each workday coming home. Um, it just was so draining and I felt no sense of fulfillment with that. Um, so after about two and a half years, I decided to transition from accounting into property management, which is what I currently do now. So it's very similar to almost like a real estate career, I would say. Um, so I don't have my real estate license because you don't need it for this. You basically work for one specific property management company um, and you manage their whole building. Um, so this is much better for my lifestyle. It's very fast pace. There's really no limit to what my job entails. Um, I could be plunging a toilet. I could be painting some <laughs> windows. I could be answering resident complaints. I could be picking up dog poop in the hallway, or I could be marketing like a multi-billion dollar building. Um, so it's really much more my style. There's a lot of interaction that goes with that. Um, so I definitely like this career a lot more, and that's currently what I'm doing. I manage a building over in Brighton right now, which is like an outskirt of Boston. If you're not too familiar with it, it's still considered the Boston zip code, but it's about like five to 10 minutes outside of the city. Um, so I do that and I absolutely love it. But for me, I still felt like I wasn't truly fulfilling my passions and my dreams. So for the past year and a half, I've really, really, really been focusing in and honing in on building my own brand. Um, so I think that's where I tie into the concept of being your own muse because you don't see a lot of people in these careers, both accounting or like property management mm. that ever venture off. I feel like they're so happy and so content with their, you know, hourly rate that they get, their salary that they get, um, their structure of going to the same place every single day. Um, but that's not me. I've always, always, always wanted more. I've always wanted to expand my horizons. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I saw this quote that really spoke to me. It told me that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of knew that, but like. Yeah, just to hear it again, you're like, oh damn, like I'm yeah. a little bit behind if I only have one. Mm -hmm. um, so at the time I had kind of really only had my one and I was like, oh my God, I need to really kick myself into high gear and I need to start branching out more. Um, so at that time I ended up joining um it was a network marketing company called monet so they do like hair care skin care they just came out with a wellness line so i started you have nice hair i'll say that <laughs> and it was so long like it's too long that the camera's cutting it off right now yeah, i can't um, relate but yeah <laughs> um okay. but so i started doing that and i really met some amazing women through that and i felt like finally i was meeting women that were more my speed. I think throughout my pursuit of my career, I lost a lot of friends along the way just because they were like, just kind of doing the same thing. They were still living in my hometown. They were still, you know, working at the neighborhood liquor store. They were still just dating the same man that they had met that they were unhappy with. And it was like, oh my God, you just want to shake them and just say like, 
you guys need to expose yourselves to more things. You need to like experience life and experience- Get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly, get uncomfortable. And like my, one of my favorite saying is like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So yeah. I feel like I'm constantly pushing myself into a different zone because that's where you experience growth. Like you're never gonna grow if you're just doing the same thing and mm -hmm. hanging out with the same people. And I think who you hang out with is a big reflection of where you're gonna go and who you are as a person. Um, so when I met all these amazing women through Monet, I was so excited to finally have some like-minded women who really pushed you to better yourself. And I think that was part of the reason um, primarily why I joined. It really wasn't at that point for financial reasons. It was really just to get more like girls in my tribe that I thought were just in the same mindset as me. Um, and it was amazing. I still do it to this day. It's more of like a passive um, kind of hobby of mine at this point, just being in Monet, but I still do it. And I still really, really, really enjoy a lot of the friendships that I've made from it. Um, because I think I was really used to, you know, the stereotypical catty girls in high school that would kind of push you down. And even yeah. people in accounting kind of frowned on me because I wore makeup and like different things like that. And finally I was accepted into this group of girls that you know they want you to look your best they want you to um get out there and go on instagram live and do things like that um, yeah, encouraged so i was gonna say not just accepted but like encouraged exactly, yeah yeah and that's exactly what i felt like i wanted because even my closest family and friends weren't really doing that for me i think they like to just see you be the same person that they knew 10 years ago yep. they get really <laughs> uncomfortable if you start to be somebody different that they don't have like the idea for in their mind if you become this new version of Jackie it's like oh my god wait what's going on we want you know the old similar Jackie back and that's not what I wanted um so that's just one of the many things that I ended up branching out and doing um but we can definitely dive into some of the other you know avenues that I've explored different things like that if that's what you want to hear about yeah so like first and foremost I would like love <laughs> love just like as a pastime to dig into your astrology chart because there's just like so much there that I'm so curious about. I definitely, definitely relate to the idea of like, even though I never had a hometown per se, um, yeah. I moved around a lot. Um, yeah. For those of you who are familiar with my story, I moved every two to three years growing up as a kid, but I still met I met a variety of people, like people who were happy doing the same thing forever, dating that same like kind of blah guy and like staying yeah. at the same area of town and then I met people who were go-getters and who were very high functioning and mm -hmm. um I think like what part of your story that also resonates with mine is I used to do beach body I was um I was in okay. beach body and like I had no confidence at that time I just knew that I had to start something yeah, and I, somewhere <laughs> yeah and I just like just being given a product right and then being given like a cute sweet loving swift kick in the ass to like go right. out there that right. really set the scene for me because I don't, I no longer do uh, beach body, but I have, I have a couple different streams of income. I was like, I don't think it's seven yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. Different streams of income. So I was like, I, I can relate that like that just like dragged me out of my comfort zone, especially like putting exactly. yourself out there, being vulnerable like that is, and I also just love that like it was, it was not about like Monat that saved you, Monet. I'm sorry, Monet that saved. Everybody calls it a different word. It's okay. <laughs> It wasn't anything that like they didn't save you it sounds like from your story that you just right. had it in yourself especially like changing careers even like going from accounting um yeah. to what you do now is like too much for for some people but i know exactly. that they, especially people who are like listening to this even if they're like whoa that's way too much like right. they are they are open to to change right. and to exactly. 
more people. And it doesn't just become like, oh, you need to join um, network marketing. You need to start your own business. You start your own blog. It's like, there's so many different avenues for what, so for what you do. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I want to explore them all. And I think like just me quitting accounting. I, so I, when I started accounting, I was only 21 years old. And so to already be changing careers at probably 23, like most people were still figuring out college. And yeah. I was like, I actually figured this out. I figured out that I don't like accounting and I'm going to take this risk. And I even went so far as to take six months off just to figure out exactly what I wanted to do next. And I've been in property Genius. management now for about five years because yeah. I didn't want to rush that decision. And I think a lot of people that I went to school with or people even in like my family, they frowned upon it because they were like, oh my God, what a waste of a degree. And in my head, I was like, this isn't a waste at all. This is an amazing thing to have on my resume and to have under my belt. And I'll never be unemployed ever again because I have this invaluable knowledge and experience. And I think that just being confident enough to stand up for yourself and say something like that to you know your mother, your father, whoever's saying it, speaks volumes because a lot of people will judge you, but they don't know you and they don't know what makes you happy happy and they're not the person driving to work nine to six every day. So and it's standing inside and auditing till 11 PM. And the two, two exactly. things with that story that come to mind is, um, one, you are, are an accountant. So no matter what you, you, sorry, you have that background that no matter what you do for the rest of your life, that will come like in so much handy. One of my best friends is an accountant and people pay her big money to, exactly to help her and you will never be helpless in your finances for the rest of their lives. And that's like a big right. issue with people, even at the, like the multiple six, seven, eight figure mm-hmm. is feeling helpless in their finances and feeling tricked and like bamboozled. And you don't have that. Um, the other thing is the fact that you pivoted so early. Um, I think a lot of people wait like, okay, so you knew that there was a change coming. You're like, okay, something doesn't feel right. Let me just pivot now and then figure it out later rather than being like, let me give it like 10 more years just so that I can be super. Right. <laughs> And then exactly. that's what a lot of people do. And the fact that you change so quickly, it's like yeah. you put your hand on the hot stove, you instantly are like, oh, that's not it. Instead of being exactly. like, let me give it like 10 more minutes to be positive that this is fire and it's not comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. I, just, I love that about your story. And that is like incredibly inspiring. Just like being a change maker and like a trailblazer is like very, very, very worth worth it's it's worth it's weight it's worth it's priceless that's what I'm trying to say it really is no it really is and I think like it was funny because the way that the transition had happened was um I think I kind of touched on this when I filled out a couple questions for this podcast but my very first accounting job actually reprimanded me for wearing makeup yeah no that's that's and I, I was just like appalled by it because I feel like I've always worn a, like a very simple look, like maybe a little bit more than others because I contour and highlight and like, maybe we'll do my eyebrows, but it was very simple. And it was very offensive to me that that was the one takeaway that they got from me working there for a year. And it was like, I put my heart and soul into that job. I was driving all over new England for them working these crazy hours for them, you know, had my CPA license, which is obviously something that they really want you and require you to have. Um, so it's like, I'm sitting for these four exams and studying like crazy. And then that was their feedback was like, you wear too much makeup for this. So is that how that happened? Like kind of set the scene or tell the story of like how you received that feedback. It did. Yeah. And I think it wasn't ultimately, you know, the reason why I quit, but it was just one of the many because it was like in my head I was like I'm not going to be somebody who 
you know, just gets up and rolls out of bed and goes to meet like a CFO. I was like, that's not who I am. I want to be presentable. I want to wear, you know, this nice suit from Express or wherever. And I want to wear makeup and look, you know, nice to the office. And the fact that they thought that it wasn't professional was just so beyond me. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And that's kind of what started my decision. Um, and I ultimately yeah. ended up switching firms. And this was almost my moment where it was like, let me switch firms just to be sure it's not the firm I don't like. I want to make sure that it's the career I don't like. Yeah. So it wasn't an impulsive, like crazy decision at all. It was like very gut led and you gave the career a chance, which is bananas to me. The fact that they would say that because I mean, you, I feel like you and I both know that if you didn't wear makeup, didn't try, they would have said something too, because I've gotten feedback before that I didn't try hard enough at a secretary job I had that I stopped wearing makeup. Oh my God. Cause I used, I wore makeup. I used to be a secretary and I wore makeup to work and I felt like I was getting hit on a lot and I just, it made me really uncomfortable. So I like stopped. <laughs> like and, I'm it. Yeah. Yeah. And then people stopped hitting on me, but then my boss told me like, you know, maybe we need to implement an address code. And I was like, it's because I'm not wearing makeup. Like, oh my God, that somebody would take something no matter what. And it's, yeah. I mean, when I've shared this story with other women, they often have said exactly what you just said, where they don't really wear makeup and they've had somebody say something like, oh, like, you know, or they'll come in and like address and somebody will ask them like, oh, are you going disco dancing today? Or they'll say something like super crazy like that. And in my head, I'm like, I would never say something like that to a man, nor do I think a man would say that to another man. And yeah. that is why I'm just such a strong like ambassador for like these women in the workplace and like how you need to set the tone and you need to like stand up for what you believe in. Like if, if a male manager even thought about commenting on my makeup today, like I would tell him exactly where to put that comment. Like, there's no chance I would, like, I would say, excuse me. Like, I'd be like, that's so offensive. My work should speak for itself, not, you know, my makeup. Like, let's turn off the camera and see how my work speaks for me. Never mind my face. That's crazy. And one of the reasons I love working for myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I know. That's definitely, that's definitely a huge factor too, because it's so nice to not have to answer for anybody. So when I do my various side hustles, it's nice knowing that I can control my own hours and control like exactly how much work I'm putting into it. Mm -hmm. So what are currently some of your, your side hustles? Like what do you do outside of work? So about a, I want to say a month or two ago, um, I was really feeling like everybody around me was getting super discouraged with COVID hitting and if they were being out of work or if they were just sitting at home working from home and just hated their lives. And I really saw that as an opportunity for myself. I don't want to look back at 2020 and think that it was the worst year of my life. Um, so I really wanted to focus in on building my own brand this year. Um, so one of the things I did a few months ago is I finally launched a blog and I was so excited for that because a lot of times people would always tell me what a good writer I was. Um, I started to write a book a few years back and I never, I never ended up finishing it. So it might be something in the works, but the chapters that I shared with people, they were just dying laughing. They were in stitches, like just what I was saying. It was about basically my dating life. Um, and they just thought it was so funny. And my blog now is a good avenue for me, I think, to share some of the other things that I do, some of the other side hustles, maybe give inspiration to other women who are in the same boat and they're looking for something else to do. Um, so I feel like a lot of times when I'll explain, you know, I sell my clothes on Poshmark, they'll be like, what is that? What is Poshmark? And I'll be like, well, I've made over a thousand dollars on it. Like it's so easy. You can just, you know, list your clothes, take a picture, 
ship them out the next day. Like that's one of my streams of income. Um, and I've really kind of focused in on Poshmark and then, um, just with an Etsy shop that I launched that kind of went hand in hand with Monet, but I ended up launching, um, these little digital download cards that people could use at their, you know, let's say booths that they're setting up for Monet or like they're doing a meet Monet event. Um, only because I felt like I was having better luck selling that kind of stuff than I was with the product. So for me, I was like, this actually makes sense for me to start an Etsy shop. And I like doing, you know, graphic design type things on a simple scale, nothing crazy. I usually use Canva for all of these, mm -hmm. um, but just doing something like that and finding another way to monetize Monet if the main source of, you know, selling their products wasn't really working for me. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do something like that. Um, but the launch of my blog has been so exciting. I've only written a few posts so far, um, but they've all pretty much encompassed um, like beauty products that I'm reviewing. Um, you'll have to check it out if you haven't done so already. I had a couple funny articles on there so far, um, but I just want it to be kind of like an all girl space where we can you know, share dating stories, share some of the crazy things that have happened to me with my dating life, um, share these side hustles, share some of the products that I use that are either you know, high-end luxury items or just stuff that I go get at Target each day. Um, but just another like avenue for women to kind of connect. And if I monetize the blog one day, that'd be great. But right now I'm kind of just focusing on getting my content out there and, you know, seeing what sticks and seeing who likes it and who it attracts. Yeah. And I think um, something that was like always refreshing to me about you and just like also something I love to see on Instagram in general is Instagram has been criticized for being very, uh, surface level very superficial very yeah. like just only pictures to make other people jealous and want to buy stuff and I feel like you took a layer deeper many many layers deeper to provide like humor and like thinking and like get the cogs turning like everything that you've said so far has been like cause for reflection and think about your own life and your own story and like what have I done what's what at stage in Jackie's story am I at and like yeah am I ready to you know change and step in and I just love I love that so that makes me also think about um, your own unique twist to the, like the blog and the, like the influencer lifestyle. So it leads me like a question that I've been actually pondering myself a lot lately. And I'm curious yeah. to get your perspective is on the saturated market. So like, how do you feel about the complaint or the, 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 like people notice and the, the comment that it's an oversaturated market. So why even try? There are so many Monet influencers. There's so many um, graphic designers there's so many like what have you. you do so much and I feel you have your own unique twist on it which is why I'm interested in your perspective on yeah what would you say to someone who says like oh I want to do that but the market is so oversaturated I want to start my own blog but like there's already a million blogs right I mean I would be lying if I didn't say that those thoughts didn't cross my mind um and I think that a lot of people, I think there's even a book titled this, that just need to get over their damn selves. If you think that the market's saturated and your content or your you know, side hustle or your network marketing job will never make it, it's because of those limiting beliefs that you have in your mind. And I'm a big believer of like manifesting things and yeah. just like, you know, if you want to become a millionaire, you need to speak to yourself. Like I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. I did make a million dollars. And there's been so many cases and studies and success stories of people who have literally done this exact thought process mm -hmm. and lo and behold they've become a millionaire um i don't know if you're familiar with manifestation babe but she's yeah a <laughs> we're a big manifestation babe fans yeah. <laughs> yeah she is a huge instagram influencer and her story is so inspiring because i think she dealt with a lot of the similar 
limiting thoughts that people do have about, you know, markets being oversaturated. And then she ended up launching, you know, she has so many different things. She has digital downloads. She has books. She has podcasts. She has all these different things. Yeah. And she's been really inspired me over the past few years because I love her story. I love her mindset. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people get held back by. It's their own mindset. Um, so if you think the market is oversaturated, it will be. But if you think that there's a niche for you and that you can be successful in this industry or in this venture that you go into, I think that you will be successful. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when I think about doing Monet, I think, okay, yeah, it could be oversaturated, but not in the way that I'm going to sell it, not in the way that I'm going to present it, not in the businesses that I'm going to set up a booth at. And most importantly, they're not going to be getting it from me. Um, it's, you know, they need to realize they're partnering with me for this. And I just think that people need to believe in themselves more. And I think they need to take that first step because you'll never get anywhere by just like holding back and just staying in that same spot, you're never going to make yourself better. And I think that um, some people get afraid because let's say, you know, I didn't make any sales in Monet for probably a few months to maybe six months. And some people would get discouraged and they would quit. And my upline was just so happy that I hadn't yet. Like she was like, I know you have this potential and a lot of other people would have quit so far, but you just are keep doing it. And I said, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with putting feelers out on five or six different you know, side hustles and seeing which one finally makes it because in my heart and in my head, I know that one of them will make it one day. Um, not to say that they haven't already, but for me, they're not meeting my standards yet, yeah. but I love knowing that I'm like pursuing all of these different things. And I'm really putting myself out there because a lot yeah, of people So are I love that what you touched on mindset, because that is like baseline, like understanding. And yeah, um, I think like we all have, we all have um, work to do on our own mindsets. And that's like, there's never any point where you're not, where you're now like officially worthy when it comes to mindset. Like, um, you know, you know, we all have limiting beliefs. We all have childhood trauma to clear, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so one thing that I feel like is, is missing as well as mindset in this, in this kind of industry is like feeling like you and your special sauce are worthy. Like, you know, so, so all of these business ventures that you have, you are the common denominator. Like you bring your special sauce to these booths and online into your blog. So mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give? Or like, what is your procedure for like, just feeling valuable in of yourself? And like, how do you amplify you as opposed to feeling like you need to be a carving copy of somebody else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like personally, I have put in so much effort and so much work. I've always had like my head down in my studies or in my careers and, you know, passing the CPA exam and different things like that. And I feel like I've put in so much work that if I'm not worthy, who else is? And I think that that is like, when people look back and they see, you know, they could even be looking at me in this example. I don't know. But when they look up and they see somebody successful, they're always like, oh, why can't that be me? And my mindset is that success is never owned. It's rented and rent is due every single day. Every single day, you need to work on yourself and you need to know that you are worthy and you have that capability to be exactly that vision of yourself that you have five years from now or 10 years from now. And just, I just think in my head that I am worthy. And I think just having those thoughts alone are what has helped me get so successful to be where I'm at today is just knowing that I do deserve this. I do deserve to make six figures. I do deserve to, you know, have a nice car. I do deserve to have a nice relationship and good family and friends and things like that. Um, and just knowing in, in deep down that you're worthy is what will get you to that actual point that you want to be at. 
worthy as you are like success i think even like Catherine zankina says this herself like success looks like me like i look i am successful i am me i don't need to look like somebody else exactly. so what do you think i don't want to say what sets you apart from other people because that feels like kind of a job interviewee question and this yeah. is a job interview but my question is like what is like what are things about you that you will hold on to no matter what success comes through like for example for example somebody comes in and it's like, oh, I'm going to write you this check for a million dollars, but you can't make another joke for the rest of your life. Like those kinds of things. Like what are those things that like you say, I get to be this. Yeah. And it is so me in my everyday life. Right. I think, I don't know if this is exactly the answer that you're looking for, but what I think when you ask that is like, what sets me apart is my confidence. Like I feel like nothing ever shakes my confidence. And I know a lot of girls struggle with that. Um, even men might struggle with it too. And I feel like no matter what, like nothing shakes me. Mm. I have, you know, had failures in the past. I failed one of my four CPA exams. Um, I don't know. There's various failures that I've been yeah. through, you know, a failed relationship, stuff like that, that hurts, but nothing ever shakes me. I'm always in the right mindset knowing that, you know, this is just something to overcome. And it's not, I don't need to look at a failure as like a negative thing. I need to look at it as actually a positive thing because it's taught me a lesson. And now I know what I can't do again or what I need to change. Um, so I think my confidence is really what sets me apart from a lot of other people. A lot of people have told me, you know, I wish I had the confidence to start a blog. I wish I had the confidence to post like like really cool Instagram photos. Like yeah, you your photos are cool. I wish I had the confidence to post your Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. I know, but I feel like, and you know, sometimes I could look at, even when it comes to stuff like that, I could look at a photo and like the longer I stare at it, I'm like, oh my God, do my legs look fat? Do my legs look fat? Is my nose looking crazy today? Like I could think that. And instead it's like, don't even think it, just put it out to the universe, put it out to the world because nobody likes perfection. They like like the raw person. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people will see me maybe on my Instagram feed looking very serious or seductive or however I come across. And then yeah. they talk to me and they're like, wait, this girl's funny. Like she's funny. She's like a boss bitch. Like she can do all this stuff. She can like be outdoors. She can be throwing axes one day. She can be like setting up a bonfire. Um, I just went to New Hampshire and stayed in the getaway house. Um, and oh. like, it was funny because I took a photo outside of it um, with my vehicle. I drive a Range Rover and somebody made a lewd comment uh, like, oh, how funny a Range Rover in the woods. And I just said, yep, got to stay balanced. And it's like that kind of like response back is exactly like who I am. Like I'm just witty and like, I don't take that as a negative and I'm not going to apologize, you know, for the things that I have or anything, because I know in my heart that I've worked so hard and I know that I am deserving of all of these things. All parts of you too. I love that. Especially being like, well, if I'm going to do like, you don't have the thought process that many people do. And I've caught myself in this as well. Like all right, well, if I'm going to do this influencer thing, I need to be an influencer and I can't be um, like in the woods messing around with axes or in bonfires. <laughs> I need to be, I remember personally um, a little short story. When I launched my first group coaching program, this is the first time I ever like publicly said like, you know, open cart, like cost this much, join. You'll, you know, that, that's really scary and really vulnerable as you already yeah. mentioned with Monet. Um, I went to like the day before closed cart when the launch ended and it was like over, I wasn't going to be selling it anymore. I went to a Harry Styles concert and it was so like juicy and like, oh my gosh, I fangirled so much. And I was just like having such a great time with one of my, one of my good friends. And I remember just like enjoying the hell out of it with every bone in my body. Like that's like pleasure. Like your business gets to be in like the flow of pleasure. You get to have fun. 
And I didn't post anything about it because I thought it wasn't relevant to my launch. In reality, like that is, I remember going back like a few weeks later and being like, oh, by the way, I went to see Harry Styles and Casey Busgrave. She opened opened for him. Right. And it was like, I I just felt like, oh, if I distract, we'll forget my launch. And now from three years of entrepreneurship, I can say that is like the biggest lie ever. And with the confidence thing, like that is so amazing that you're like, no, 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 this is mine. I've worked for it. All parts of me are relevant. All parts of me are good. And I just, I would love like every listener in the world and beyond to really ingrain that because that's something that I've forgotten because I'm naturally very weird and very quirky. Uh, (laughs) Side, side note, that's also why I got, that's why I have a bunch of tattoos because I'm like, all right, you're never going to pretend that this isn't who you are. Like you literally literally cannot hide this. This is literally (laughs) like who you are. Yeah. Um, And um, I know personally, when I started my entrepreneurship journey, I was going through a lot of trials. because I'm like, I'm confident I can do this. And then it's like, the universe is like, really? Like, are you this confident? How about this confident? How about (laughs) this confident? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) You know, like, like, what is like, I guess you kind of touched on like, you know, what you would call a failure. What is like Mm -hmm. a trial? It doesn't necessarily do a failure, but like a trial that you've been through that can get you here today to say like, yes, I'm still in this, that you've overcome. I mean, I definitely think for me, like I saw these with Monet when I first signed up I was getting a lot of backlash from it um a lot of friends and family like they're the first to criticize you and they were just not (laughs) it. um and it was something that I really had to just get comfortable with because it it was it was hurting me to know that I felt like my friends and family weren't really supporting me um and strangers that I met on the internet were supporting me more so (laughs) where it's like you know, your family and friends, they get uncomfortable when you start to grow and like not outgrow them, but you just start to change. And I think that it makes them very uncomfortable seeing you pursue different avenues. Um, But that was definitely hard for me because it was like, why isn't everybody buying, you know, this shampoo or this conditioner from me? Like, what the heck? Like you said it yourself. I have nice hair. Like, why aren't people just buying this? And it was like, it was almost like my mindset was a little bit wrong. And I was thinking that people would just come to me, like I could post it and everybody would just attack me and ask me for the questions about the products. Whereas like, you really do need to do your outreach and you really need to do the work for that, like something like that. Um, Because it's like, you know, people might not be dying to buy shampoo. They might just be comfortable getting it at Target. So you need to kind of switch their mindset and be like, no, you need to buy it from me because of X, Y, Z, or you need to join my company because of X, Y, Z. So that was hard for me at first. I kind of ended up getting over that, you know, fear of failure with the business. And I was afraid to post it for a while just because of, you know, the negative comments I would get. Mm -hmm. Um, But everybody always has something negative to say. I've definitely learned that the hard way. Um, That was definitely one of them. And then I feel like just even putting out like my Instagram content that I do, one of my hobbies is modeling and it's purely a hobby. I don't get paid for it. I don't pay people for my photos either. It's purely like a portfolio basis. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I mean by that, if there's any listeners who don't know, it's where a starting out novice photographer would basically ask you to shoot something and it would be TFP, which is just like free for their portfolio. Um, and then it's in exchange for, you know, maybe five images that they would provide you from the shoot. Um, and so I got into that when I was in college and I've just continued doing it ever since, because I felt like for me, like, like you said that you have tattoos for me, I, I've never wanted to tattoo my body. Cause I can't think of anything that's like important. No, I get that. <laughs> but like, so that's why I don't have any, but something like that is comparable to like my modeling photos where I feel like that's an expression of artwork for me. And that is like my form of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I got a lot of negative feedback, of course. And it was, you know, friends and family who thought, 
my photos were too risque or didn't like what I was wearing in this certain photo. And for me, it's like, have you seen half the other girls on Instagram these days? No, like, no really. Miles, <laughs> when I think of that, but these are people that only maybe follow me and then like, you know, 50 year olds. So it's like, they have no idea what to expect. Um, but that I've struggled with because a lot of even companies that I've worked for being the nine to fives have wanted me to stop doing that. And in my mind, I'm like, these photos aren't, you know, anything all that bad. Um, and they're not hurting you. So what I do in my spare time really shouldn't be a measure of my success at work here. Um, because obviously, as you know, there's an awful lot of things that we could be doing in our spare time that don't have to do with art. I could be out drinking. I could be out doing drugs. I could be out, you know, just doing these terrible things. And instead I'm like doing this art form that I feel like is a good expression of myself and who I am and like things that I love to do. Um, so that's definitely been something I've struggled with. Even to this day, every time I post a photo, I feel like there's always somebody who says something um, yeah. in my DMs or in person um, that, you know, people have made fun of me for it. I've had a lot of girls that I thought were my friends that were, you know, imitating my photos in a group chat or sending them around in a group chat and stuff like that hurts. And if you dwell yeah. on it for too long, it really will hurt you. But in the back of my mind, you know, I feel like it's just that own person's insecurities that they're just projecting onto you. And I think that the more comfortable you are with that thought, it's, it, it won't hurt you anymore. And I feel like, you know, that came true when I had, um, last year, there was a girl who made fun of me for doing the photo shoot. And a month later, she went and scheduled her own photo shoot. <laughs> like in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly why she was making fun of me. You know, two months ago, she actually was making fun of me um, at a work event to a whole group of colleagues, including, you know, my superiors. And not only is that extremely distasteful, but it just goes to show you that that was what she was desiring inside. She really wanted to go do her own photos and she wanted to see herself in that way. Um, so I think as long as people know that, when people give you this negative, you know, feedback or make these rude remarks, I think it's distasteful. And I think that it's really just a projection of their own insecurities and you really just can't let it get to you. Um, and part of that reasoning is kind of why I'm so confident because I constantly just think these thoughts and I never let it get to me. I never sit back and I'm like, oh my God, was that a bad photo? Was that a terrible yeah. photo shoot? Did I look stupid. Like maybe I did, who cares? I don't think so. So yeah. And it's funny cause it's like always the people themselves who are like making fun of you. Um, fun fact, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was a model as well. And like the, the tips you get from modeling stick with you. So like I would be posing in family photos or group photos, like using my modeling tips that I knew. And I have um, my, my older brother and my older sister, all of my older siblings, actually, I have six. Um, yeah. so all of them are like always making fun of me being like, guys, guess how Katie's going to pose for this photo. And they just like <laughs> obnoxious modeling photo. And it, that used to really hurt me. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I am, you know, but now what I say is like, ha, yeah, I look good in photos. Well, got me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like when the family photo comes out, you're going to look the best and they're all going to look unprepared. So I don't care. And like, that's mm -hmm. like, it's so funny because I do think that family and friends are the first to make fun of you and they often have good intentions, but I think it can also be taken the wrong way a lot of times. And that's something I've had to struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, you know, oftentimes ridiculed for, the modeling photos, the blog, um, anything really that I did, I feel like that wasn't the norm. I was always ridiculed for by close family and friends. And I just had to kind of get over it because I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, they're not doing anything that I'm jealous of. Mm -hmm. That's exactly Period. it. Like you're just yeah. not. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Like if they were living their best life and 
you know, doing everything that I wanted to do and I was aspiring to do one day, then maybe I would take their opinion into consideration, but their opinion wasn't important for me and their opinion wasn't paying my bills. So I didn't really care that much about it. That's, I mean, that's huge. And also like getting the validation, which side note, as an entrepreneur, you will not always get validation. You will just have to sometimes like swallow it and just get you not, have to for your own damn self. I always yeah, say that. <laughs> like you won't always get that validation. Like you said, that delicious moment of, of, um, someone making fun of you for a photo shoot and then a year later booking their own. That's happened to me before too, with, um, about a, two years ago, I used to post very, very body positive content. Like uh-huh. I was always doing yoga in my shorts and my bra, whatever, whatever my body looked like. I did not uh-huh. care. It was like a period where I really did not care. I posted videos of me doing yoga. Didn't care if I looked chubby or bloated or like yeah. what my skin was doing, if I was sweaty. And I got a lot of hate for that. I got a lot of like, like just a lot of like the number of people who, who viewed my content like tripled, but the number of like compliments I got was like very, very low. Um, and then years later, like some of the nastiest people to me are now pos- body positive now, uh, dabbling into like, um, like expression and like freedom and just all the things. And so that remembering that, like, yeah, I, if I, cause I, I did, I let it get to me and I stopped posting as much. Like even to this day, I don't really post much yoga stuff, um, mm-hmm. for several reasons, but, um, letting it get to me and then thinking back, like, what if you just didn't let that get to you? How far would you be right now? If you stopped yeah. modeling, like you, I don't think you would be here right now because I found you on Instagram because of your amazing photos. And like, mm-hmm. um, and then your, your personality spoke for itself. Like if you didn't let your personality shine, I also don't think that you would be here too. Right. Um, so that's just like, I don't know. That's like super, super interesting. So I've always found it so fascinating how people like feel the need to comment rude stuff online because I've never, I don't think there's a single person in this world that would ever say like, I bullied them or I said something unkind to them. And I feel like I've always been such like an empath where it's like, I see, let's say I see something, a photo that you know, really irritates me. I'll just keep bit moving. I don't have to stop and comment on it and start a huge thing. Um, like, nor would I ever be offended by a body photo, but it's just like in that example, I don't know who would feel the need to stop and like write a rude remark because you doing yoga is amazing. It, why does that hurt them? Why does that, you know, ruin their day seeing a photo of you doing yoga or a video of you doing yoga. And it's like, it's that exact person that is probably just so mad at themselves. Like maybe they haven't worked out in years. Maybe they're mad at their own body and they're mad that they can't showcase it or they're not confident enough to showcase it. Um, so I will never be somebody who like ever comments negatively on somebody's photos. Um, even, you know, last night I was out and about and I heard this crazy noise outside of my apartment I was getting to be pretty late and it was a little bit irritating and I walked outside just to see what it was and there was a kid skateboarding and his friend was filming it and like normally somebody would be so annoyed like oh my god this is disrupting my sleep this is so loud but I was so excited like I was like oh my god he's creating some awesome content like yeah like have at it keep it going like and I didn't even care um and then last week it's so funny that these happen like back to back but this guy was standing in the middle of the road and all the traffic was going around him and it was kind of like a quiet street but I was like what is going on and at first you might be annoyed by it and then when I got closer he was like photographing something that was in the middle of the road and I was like that's so cool like pursue your art form pursue don't get hit by traffic but yeah (laughs) it it was okay it was a slower street but I was like that's amazing like most people are probably so annoyed and like honking their horns at them and like I'll be the first to like root for somebody like that and be like yes like pursue your passion like go do it because you can do it 
Yeah. So there's two things with that. I think for me, I definitely found a time when I was, when I knew it was time to like leave my nine to five, make some changes, start doing yoga. I found myself getting triggered on social media constantly. And what I can say from a previous, very, very consistently triggered person um, is that when you see somebody else kind of like in their light doing their thing, you realize the trigger, the feeling is you realize that they're doing something that somebody told you you couldn't do. Like right. you mean this whole time I could be creating content instead of staying at home and just being angry. Like you mean yeah. this whole time I could be doing yoga, even though my body's not perfect. <laughs> I could be modeling, even though I'm not like a professional with a seven figure agent deal. Right. Like, you know, like it's just, you mean this whole time you're telling me that I could be doing this too. And the right. other thing about getting upset on Instagram and like engaging on social media is it's like, I feel like it's all about consent. It's like, if you're following somebody, you are consenting to see whatever they have to post, whoever they are, whatever they're doing, all of it, all of it. Like if you one day wanted to post like an apple pie recipe, then people who follow you have to freaking deal with it. If you want to post a lingerie photo, they can deal with it. Like whatever, they are consenting to anything you want and they can unconsent any time by unfollowing. And right. same thing with me. If somebody follows me, you are consenting to anything that I post. I consent to anything that you post because I follow you. So right. it's like, it's like this, you can change, you can like unshake hands at any time. And I think people have this like very unempowered um, viewpoint and going back to like your hometown friends, your college friends who like don't get some of this stuff. I remember um, there was somebody who I no longer talked to in college. Like you kind of follow each other because like you just follow people who you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we stopped talking to each other. Like from what I heard, they were talking about me behind my back. Like I didn't see them in a while. Like everybody has that person in their life who you just kind of feel like, all right, like we're growing apart clearly. So I yeah. unfollowed them. I was like, we don't talk to each other. We don't engage with each other's content. I haven't seen you. Right. And last I heard you didn't really like me that much. So like, let me just be the first to initiate Right. The unfollowing the breaking of the mutual and <laughs> they got very upset by that and it was just like "Ooh, katie's a bitch because she unfollowed that person yeah. like <laughs> i definitely can relate to that like hometown like chit chat um and then now being like you know on your way and doing it already like in your business in your career like those people's voices might still be in your in your brain but to be like oh wait that's not my voice i'm gonna keep doing me is like a priceless skill and exactly. that goes back to like mindset and knowing who you are, knowing your worth. Cause if all you've known of who you are, is like your hometown friends, your first boyfriend, your right. job at the liquor store, like right. you're not going to feel this level of, of clarity. Um, but that's an easy fix because I'm sure everybody's found themselves. I found myself in that situation before. Right. Um, I used to be kind of a hater and then I caught myself and I was like, all right. So now that I know how haters tick, and I think you as well, we can both say with like certainty since knowing how haters tick, it really doesn't mean anything. Right. Like it is not a developed thought to hate on someone's Instagram post. Exactly. Um, so uh, I have a couple questions for you that I will ask everybody in this podcast and I'm, you know, fire away. I want to know your feedback. Um, even if you've felt like you've touched on this already, like I still like, 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 let's hear it. So what is the main takeaway you want for our listeners based off of your story? I feel like there's a couple, but I'll let you, I'll let you. Yeah, I know. I do feel like there's a couple too. So it's hard to narrow it down, but I think if you know me or follow me or have seen me, I think that one of the main things I want to kind of portray to other women is that you need to take charge of your own success. I think that if you sit back and wait for it to happen to you, it's not just going to fall in your lap. I think that you really need to put in the effort and put in the hard work. And I've had 
a lot of people, you know, oh, I'm so jealous of your, you know, your new car, your apartment, that you live in the city, things like that. And I was like, yes, but I work my ass off. Yeah. I was like, I work so hard. And I was like, but you can too. Like, you might just have to put in the same effort. Um, so I really just want people to know that, you know, they have to go out there and get what they want. I want them to know that, you know, these little voices you can't let get to you. I wish that I could give even just like a cup of my confidence to every single person that needs it. Um, it though, so keep it for yourself. And then it'll <laughs> help everybody else grow. The more that you can. Exactly. Exactly. But like, that's what I want. Like I want everybody to have the same confidence because I feel like it makes you so unshakable, um, whether it be in the workplace or just out with a guy or just out with your girlfriends. Like I want you to feel the same confidence that I have and that I've learned to grow over the years. Um, because I feel like no matter what, if you just have that confidence, you will succeed. Um, and my third takeaway is just to make sure that you guys all have that right mindset. I think the mindset shifting and manifestation has really become a focus of mine in the past year, just because I've seen so many success stories with girls or even guys that get exactly what they want, literally exactly what they want by yeah. manifesting it and having those thoughts and just shifting your mindset to believe that you are worthy. You can achieve exactly the success that you have envisioned for yourself and you can become that version of yourself that you always wanted to be as a little girl or that you always wanted to be um, just in general. I think that with the right mindset, you can honestly achieve anything that you put your heart to. And it can happen fast too. Remember, you gotta be ready. <laughs> yeah. I remember like being in that, in that place where I was like, huh, maybe our thoughts like actually have an effect of, the, of our lives. Like interesting. Like, <laughs> what if I just started to be a little bit more positive? Like it was very, very small and simple. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like this snowball effect of that led me here. Yeah, um, it is. What is a ritual mantra or mindset that reminds you who the fuck you are? Ooh, this is a good one. This, I feel like I have a lot of like little sayings that I like to live by. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people, what was that? I was gonna say like, or one that's like fresh for you, like when you're working on this week or something. Yeah, so a lot of people I think love the saying, fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. And I disagree. So I always say face it until you make it. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that. I think that's a good one because I hate like, just what you were saying with like being real and being authentic. I think so many girls just wanna be fake and like, portray this like successful mindset or successful like lifestyle that they have. Um, and they're like, you know, posing with these fake things that they don't even own or don't even have, um, yeah. just to give off some sort of image. And for me, I just want to face it. Like if I have a cheap handbag from target, like here it is, it's from target. And like one day I'll own a Chanel, like that is like something that I just always live by. Like you can't just fake your way through life because you'll never get by being a fraud. Like you have to be your true authentic self. And sometimes that means you have to face a really shitty situation and you just have to like take it head on. This is the situation I'm faced with right now and I need to do X, Y, Z to get out of it. And what will I learn from this? I love um, that. Yeah. Face it until you make it. It's definitely one of my big ones. Um, and another like witty one that I, I've seen this on social media, so I'm not like the creator of this quote, but um, it's the saying that says, if there's one thing to bet on, it's myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like a huge saying for me because I'll always bet on myself. If there's going to be 10 people in the room and we need somebody to, you know, stand up at the podium and give a speech, I'll bet on myself to do that. And I know that I'm confident enough to do something like that and to, you know, take charge of something. Um, and will I take a risk? 
quitting my accounting career? Absolutely. But I was confident enough to bet on myself knowing that I would get an even more successful career and something that was more fulfilling to me. Um, so I always liked that. And I think everybody else should take that mindset. And I think you should always bet on yourself too, because that's the only person that you can count on is yourself at the Definitely. end of the day. And like, I think also, cause I've been life coaching for almost three years now. Um, and one of the biggest questions I hear is like, what if it doesn't work out? Or like, what if I'm not, what if I jump and I'm not caught? Of you know course, I mean? that's a huge one. But then I hope your response is what if it does? Right. Or like, okay, well then, you know, you, if you jump, then have wings, don't expect the net, like keep of going. If you jump and if you fall on your face, like you bet you'll be stronger the next time because I've definitely fallen on my face many times, but like in retrospect, it's like funny. I'm like, it's just funny at, at the time. Like, that's what I love about face it. It's like, you're facing it so you can like laugh at it and like deal with it. In the first episode of this podcast, I talked about, um, I, I used to be bullied in high school and I would come home and unconsciously one day I sat down and started talking to myself in the mirror. And mm -hmm. I was the person who I hated most at the time. Like I had so much self-esteem issues and I sat down and I started talking to myself in the mirror because I was like, look, like we got to get along. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love like, that. Ew. I'd be like, ew, I can't believe I did that. Like, it's so weird. And if anybody yeah. finds out I talk to myself in the mirror, they're going to make fun of me. But it was like yeah. the most healing thing in the world. And yeah. so I love that. Um, what inspires you about yourself? What inspires me? This is a good one. Um, I think like, honestly, just my work ethic is really, really, really what inspires me. I think that I have so many, um, even just like acquaintances, I'll say at this point that really don't work all that hard. And they're sitting back, like wondering why they don't have X, Y, Z, why are they struggling to make ends meet? Um, and for me, it's like, I will work all day, every single day. I tell my friends, I work probably 8am to 11 at night and they think it's all, you know, my just normal day job. But what they don't realize is that, you know, I'll work from maybe eight to six with my normal job. And then when I come home, I'm working on self-development. If I'm not working on that, I'm working on my blog. If I'm not working on my blog, I'm working on maybe my Etsy shop. If I'm not doing that, I'm creating content for my Instagram to put out. And that doesn't stop until probably like 11 or 12 at night. And I think my work ethic has throughout the years inspired hopefully a few other people as well. And they really see like what it takes to be successful to, you know, live in Boston on your own is even a huge accomplishment. Cause a lot of people have roommates up here just because the rent is so crazy expensive. Um, so people are usually in awe when I tell them I've always lived alone. I have since college, as soon as cool. I graduated, I lived alone. Um, so people love to hear that. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to put in the work. You have to put in this work. Um, and you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead is kind of my mindset. I definitely get enough rest for myself. Like I'm never tired. Like I know when to take a step back, when to take like a personal health day. Um, but I'm really, 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 um, proud of my work ethic. And I think that that's kind of one of the things that I always like hold value in almost is that like, nobody can ever take that away from me. Mm -hmm. Even if they want to fire me tomorrow, my work ethic will keep me going and it'll get me to where I need to be. And that's like, that, that feels like the most grounded and secure into yourself that like, if you fire me tomorrow, it'll be okay. And I remember doing the transition from nine to five with all my side hustles at the time, staying up till 11 o'clock at night. And a couple, I remember a couple of people made rude comments about like, oh, you just have so much energy as if that's a bad thing. But like people have said that before. And I was also traveling a lot because I was meeting people. There were certifications. There was events I was going to. I wanted to get out of town. I wanted to go see new things like that, like zest for life, like just sparks wanting to travel. Um, and the work that you do inspires energy. I don't think it's that you're just like drinking a cup of coffee every hour. It's like you actually are 
motivated and inspired by what you're doing. And what I will say from now, like there comes a time when your work works for you and you get to take more, like I, t I definitely don't, I, I don't work as much as I used to when I first started. Um, I'm learning yeah. now how to delegate, stay, scale back, do less. Now I'm learning like do less. So the yeah. like, you know, the, the hustle at the beginning is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. It's like a newborn baby and you're with it 24 seven yeah. and it's always, <laughs> always crying, like always needs to be changed. <laughs> but it's like this beautiful bundle of joy. Later on, it can like feed itself and like take itself places. Um, that's like the same analogy. So if anybody feels like starting a business is just going to be like this overwhelming, scary thing where they have to give up their time, that's very temporary. And the more that you honor that time, the faster things will like unfold for you. Um, and like, now I'm starting to claim, like stake my claim in my personal time. Like, no, I get to like last night, I could have stayed up until one in the morning if I wanted to mm -hmm. with all these work with work I had to do, but yeah. my husband and I went out, like I get to do that. And that's like, that's the beauty of like, there's a really exciting, like, it's like, I also think of like new relationships, you're together 24 seven and you're just like always with each other and you can't stop thinking about each other. But then eventually the relationship kind of helps you back and you don't, you get some of your time back. Yeah. Um, so last question, what does be your own muse mean to you? Oh, I love this question. So for me, honestly, I think that this just means you need to inspire yourself. And I, I don't know if that sounds, you know, self-explanatory in a sense, but I think that you can't just look up to other people for inspiration. You need to look inside for that inspiration. Do you want to, you know, achieve X, Y, Z? Do you really want to live here, work there, do whatever? Um, and I just think that you need to stop living for other people and you need to live for yourself. Um, kind of just brings me back to the point of like, you can't, you know, keep a certain job just because your parents approve. You can't live in a certain city just because your childhood friends would disapprove if you moved elsewhere. Um, so I really think that being your own muse just really empowers living for yourself and inspiring yourself from within versus like external factors that can influence you. Um, and it's definitely a reason why I'm on this podcast because I feel like I've always kind of gone against the grain. Like I've been, I've been in a nine to five and I've done the normal high school to college to grad school into career progression. But at the same time, I've never been afraid to pursue other things that make me happy. And it's not like I'm following in anybody's footsteps. I just know what I want for myself. And I've been inspiring myself throughout the past maybe seven years since I've been trying to pursue the real work-life balance and different things like that. Definitely. Especially your story about like getting the feedback that your makeup is unprofessional when you were just like being like the legally blonde of accounting, like you were just doing your thing and like not waiting for someone else to wear makeup first or like be themselves like you were showing up. And I can personally tell you that I know, which is, I think it's so synchronistic that you're like, you were a former accountant CPA. Um, mm -hmm. I know three other people who, closely who were in the finance world and just like wanted to be feminine and like be themselves. Like they weren't super sure. Um, and so yeah. like, it just feels super, super synchronistic that you're here. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Well, it's such a crazy, um, I think just career path in itself, but it's just such a crazy mindset that the other people have that work there. Um, I know when I, when this incident happened, one of my friends said that her firm actually told her to cut her hair shorter. It was too long to be in accounting. And at that point, that was kind of when I knew that this wasn't for me and I don't want to have to listen to what, you know, some 80 year old in a suit is going to tell me, like, I want to be my own inspiration and I want to make my own path. I don't want to have to have the same haircut as 17 other women 
when I know what I bring to the table and it's not my hair and makeup, it's my work ethic and it's the quality of the work that I put out in the world. Yeah, that's insane. And I mean, I also like a theme that keeps coming up for me in these conversations I've been having all week is the theme of like dismantling these old paradigms that we're having. Like these absolutely old paradigm of like, you must have short hair and no makeup in order to be good at your job. Like we're just dismantling that. Like, uh, no, you know, and when you're the CEO of your own company, you're like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe depending on what happens to the generation, like younger than us, but someone's right. going to is it okay if my hair looks like this? And you're like, yeah, what, why, why are you asking me this? I think your point of like dismantling these old mindsets is so important because it's, and it, people shouldn't be afraid to do it either. Do, do not be afraid to speak up because even just this week, I'm interviewing um, at my current company for an open position at my building. Um, and we met with a candidate and one of my basically superiors didn't like that he had so many jobs already under his belt. And my response was like, I disagree. I was like, you know, no offense to you, but I said, you've been in the same career for maybe 30 years with the same company. And I said, I'm 28, but I was like, I, I don't know the age of this candidate, but I'm assuming from his physical features, he's around the same age as myself. And I said, my generation is very much so people to switch jobs. I said, we don't have to stay in the same job just because our mother will disapprove for 35 years and live and die at that same job. We don't do that. And we don't feel the need to do that because there's so many jobs out there for us. And we've paved our own way to have the financial freedom to do that and to switch careers and to know exactly what we want. And I think that's a good quality to have. I said, I don't want somebody to stay where they're uncomfortable or unhappy for 30 years just because society thinks it's right to do. Um, And I was the first to speak up. And I think after I said that, you know, he kind of changed his mind and we ended up offering this candidate the role because even though he was my superior and that was his position, I felt very strongly in the opposing direction and the opposing thought process. And ultimately once I portrayed my point of view, we went with, you know, my thought. Um, So I don't want people to ever be afraid to speak up in a situation like that. And, you know, in this case, he obviously wasn't in the conversation to defend himself and to say this for himself. So that was when I felt like I needed to speak up and say, you know, as somebody who's switched companies now four times, I'm on my fourth company. So in accounting, I had two and in property management, I had two. I said, as somebody who's done that, I think I bring a lot to the table and no matter what company I join, I put 110% effort in. So I think I'm an asset to any company and I think he would be too. Yeah, no, that's huge. And that, that's something that I've felt. I've gotten comments from people older than me, usually on even <laughs> <Of> course, <laughs> that like my, my, um, my resume is very, very long. <laughs> um, that's why ultimately I decided to work for myself because I was like, you know what, if I wanted to pivot, I can pivot with no notice. I can just start doing something different if I wanted to today exactly. and not have to like ask my boss and then be rejected and then whatever. And I just love that like future current leaders, current leaders such as yourself, are, are standing up for people like that candidate and he got a job because of you. Like that's, 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 I mean, I, there's a lot of stagnant energy. I think that we're all just like stirring up. And I honestly think like in a grand universal scheme, that's what like 2020 is bringing is like stirring up. (laughs) We've all been a little stagnant. Like every single person in the world, every business was affected by COVID. Like everybody, whether, whatever it was, everybody had to rethink something. And that's just like, the 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 blessing there and i feel like with people that haven't adapted and overcome they're going to get left behind and i know that you know i've said this to a few people who are struggling with all of the changes and i think that 
I have a lot of people in my life who feel like COVID is only happening to them. They're the only ones affected by this. And I always am the first to be like, I disagree. Everybody is struggling in one way or another. I might not be out of a job, but I'm going into work every day amidst this whole pandemic. Like, so I'm struggling in a way too. And even though I'm still working, my parents aren't, even though, you know, I'm still working. My sister wasn't at the time. And it's like, they just think, you know, it's only happening to them. Um, but at the end of the day, that's almost why I wanted to pursue more side hustles this year, because let's say every job shuts down, let's say every company shuts down, every office space is now vacant. You need to provide something for people that nobody else is providing or just, you know, put a spin on it and put your own, you know, Jackie way to things. Um, and just find a way to like overcome it and not just let all of this, you know, there's a lot of negative energy going on in the world right now, just with every single thing going on, but you yeah. cannot let it get to you. You just have to find a way to like overcome it and just like find the positive outlook and just like, I don't know, find a way around it almost just like create your own positive energy in a situation like that. And get like creative. Like, I love that you, you took time between your jobs to like think, go introspective and get creative. Otherwise you're constantly in this reactionary energy. Like if everybody just reacted to the pandemic right now, then every business would stop what they're doing and start selling masks. Like we're not going to, we need other things other than just masks. Right. So yeah. being like, what is something that I, like my business is definitely pivoted because the majority of my clients were um, brick and mortar businesses at one point and yeah. then their brick and mortar businesses shut down. So I'm like, how can I keep serving them on this online space? Um, and, and offer different price points for people, offer different things, offer like, it's, it's so exciting. Like the amount of creativity that can come. Yeah. Out and I think it's so awesome that you're doing like life coaching as well, because, so I've never hired a life coach, but I know a lot of friends specifically ones in Monet that have hired a life coach and they have just spoken volumes to how valuable it is. And I think sometimes, even though you're paying for the life coach, I think sometimes that's exactly like the friend that you need. You need that person. Oh, for real. That's yeah. just like, get you motivated. And like, that's what a lot of people need. And like, even for somebody like me who is confident and is motivated, I've explored options of hiring a life coach too, because I want to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. I'm happy where I'm at, but I want to take it one step. And further. that's exactly what it's for because yeah, um, exactly. a couple like misconceptions I've gotten in the industry is one, what's the difference between a life coach and a therapist? Yeah. A life coach <laughs> is when you're ready for more. Like I, yeah. I, I can't address, like we can talk about your childhood, but like, I can't really like go there with you. I'm not right. qualified to do so, right. no. but I'm ready. I know I can like master limiting beliefs and like set the scene for more. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing is why would you charge a life coach, like pay a life coach when you can just talk to your friend? That's a totally different relationship. I'm sure, yeah. you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely different. Like, like life coaches are going to be both like the devil's advocate and they're going to catapult you to that next level. Whereas friends will just give like judgy comments in my opinion, where I think like they're not really, you know, on that same mindset where life coaches, they've already developed their mindset to that next level. And they're, they're qualified in a way. And I know it's not like a therapist qualification, but you're qualified to give this advice and you've studied this and you've looked at this and it's the same as, you know, manifestation. A lot of people aren't familiar with it where I'm sure you bring that into your life coaching as well. Um, and I think if a lot of people haven't yet hired a life coach, I think they really need to look into you because I think that you. <laughs> you're welcome because I think that's exactly like what a lot of people need if they're stuck in that rut. I think they need to like jump off that cliff with you and I think they need to like take their life to the next level definitely and I mean like I hang out with my friends too and like when they say like 
you know, like they ask me for a relationship advice, like, or they ask me for life advice. Like I will give it to them because I am a friend. But the difference is that like a coach has a container. They're like, for one hour, we're going to talk about your problems. Right. And whereas with friends, it's like, oh, dump him anyway, pass the wine. Like, you know, it's like this, but you know, I'm sure everyone's been in that relation, that like situation where they're with their friend and they're like sad about a breakup or they're not sure about what to do. And they wish that everyone would just like shut up and listen to their problems instead of like getting distracted. That's like, you deserve that container of like being coached. Yeah, exactly. And And I feel like a lot of times when you tell people, when you tell them a problem, they'll just like turn it on like, oh, well, my problem with my boyfriend is this. And like, yours is just obsolete. You're like, wait a minute, what about me? Like, what about my breakup? Like, I want to talk about this. And like a lot of people, they're just more comfortable talking about themselves. So usually that's what they'll like turn the conversation to versus giving you legitimate relationship advice. But I think with like career wise, I think that's exactly what like a life coach can help you with is they're focused on you. They're not going to turn the conversation back to themselves. So that's amazing. Yeah. And the last, the last thing I'll say about how amazing coaches are, um, is they're focused on results. If you're, if you, if your life isn't changing, like a therapist, we can deal, they can deal with your feelings. Like you can just deal with the emotions that are present and, and stuff like that. But like with a life coach, if your job isn't changing, if something isn't actually changing, then they're not doing their job. So right. like, if you want change, if you want to get your butt kicked, like, you know, Uh, You're in the right place if you're in this podcast, because I want to talk more about like all the things that I deal with clients, anonymous, obviously, um, and just like more about that. So absolutely. And it's like, I feel like a life coach is like the mindset equation of a personal trainer. And like, everybody is so comfortable hiring a personal trainer. So like get on board with hiring a personal development mindset manifestation life coach. Easily. Like, I think at this point I've spent $25,000 at least on my personal development. God one-on-one is like the most intense it's like stepping into a portal and then you don't even know what happened and you come out and everything's <laughs> like i would say that like one-on-one coaching is like the like there's courses and there's like things you can invest in um mm-hmm. anyway did not mean for this to, to to turn into that but it's a very important conversation that i think it's not it enough. yeah um, it is. i think a lot of people are unfamiliar with what you know life coaches do and i think it's nice to see it more mainstream now and to see you pursuing that has been amazing yeah well thank you um (laughs) that feels like a lot so like that's a good like this is good like good so um where can people follow you like right now grab your phone follow this right now grab your phone and you can follow me at at jackie bell xo on instagram so it's j-a-c-k-i-e B-E-L-L-E-X-O. And I'm from Boston, so you can find me there. And then if you wanted to do that same handle, you can go to www.jackiebellxo.com. And that's my blog. So you can check out my most recent postings on there. Um, That's also my name on like Pinterest, on Facebook, the whole nine. I tried to keep everything super cohesive. Um, But Instagram and my blog are the two mainstream focuses right now for my social media presence. So I would absolutely love it if you guys followed me there and I will follow you back i will give you all the fun fashion humor life advice boss babe vibes that you will need in your life definitely need those myself (laughs) awesome cool well thank you so much jackie for being here thank you for inspiring me and so many else so many other people um go and give jackie a follow and if you haven't already follow uh at be your own muse the podcast like all one word no frills no nothing Mm -hmm. um just there it is, period. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Jackie, for being here. Thank you. This is the show.